0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But you might have heard uh, on News Talk Breakfast and elsewhere this morning talk of Extinction Rebellion Ireland, their campaign of civil non obedience targeting companies and corporations that are actively investing in fossil fuels. So, for example, today they were outside the offices in Dublin of BlackRock Asset Management. Uh, some gluing their hands to the doors, others uh, pouring oil or what was meant to represent oil uh, on the signs uh, outside the offices. Uh, Sinead Whelan uh, was there. She is an Extinction Rebellion activist. She was glued to the door uh, in Blackrock. Rock. Sinead, you're welcome to the show. Um, are, are you still glued to the door or have you been unglued?
1: Uh, no, we've been unglued um, after a couple of hours.
0: And why did you glue yourself to the door?
1: Uh, well, uh, that's the, to make a disruption, really, and to draw as much attention to the issue as possible and, yeah, to disrupt their uh, day-to-day activity because they're just acting as if everything is business as usual. And we need to make them aware that that is not the
0: case. And and what happened this morning when you glued yourself, Well, had they been expecting it at all? Was there kind of just raised eyebrows and confusion initially? What, what, what How did it pan out?
1: Um, well, no, they weren't very happy um with us, but uh we've been planning it for months so it went very smoothly and once we glued ourselves on there was nothing much they could do about it. Um obviously this wouldn't be like our first choice of actions to be taking. I don't really want to be like gluing myself for hours in the cold, but um like this civil disobedience, non violent civil disobedience is the uh, tactics that extinction rebellion are going to be using more of going uh, into this year this is our first action um, of taking this new tactic because it's really these next few years are crucial uh, but if we don't take like the necessary action by 2030 it's it's like we we really do not have much control over what happens after that point point. and um, so that's why we're taking this action as it's been proven like the most efficient most effective way and we will, of course, not. we won't be targeting the public. We'll be mostly uh, targeting government and corporations that are responsible for this. So the aim is kind of just to um, bring people along with us to get them involved, to get get um, the energy that was up for the climate movement um, that we had in recent years until the pandemic hit. And since then, there's been a bit more apathy towards it, I guess. People mm-hmm. are more used to living in constant existential crisis. It's kind of become something that I don't know. Pe- people, people just don't. They feel a bit powerless as well, I guess. Uh, but that's that's not like that's that's what they. That's not the way to you know. once mm-hmm. you're only powerless once you accept that you that you have no power. But uh, today, yeah, we we were just um, taking action to highlight these issues and hopefully maybe cause some trouble for BlackRock because they are the largest investor of um, in fossil fuels
0: in Europe. I mentioned Nathan who's with us as well, the Extinction Rebellion activist. So Nathan, what more can you tell us about this campaign that we're all going to get used to over the next few months as Sinead describes?
2: Uh, yeah, hello. Um, well, uh, so sort of a nonviolent civil disobedience is kind of one of the oldest tactics in the activist playbook. Uh, it's kind of when you realise that the rules <laughs> that are in place are, are causing massive ecological harm uh, then I suppose the next thing next thing you do is you try and actively fight against it so that kind of breaking those real society forces to draw attention to an issue.
0: And and is the hope, Nathan, say when you target a specific company that that it's hardly is it that you you know the the company sees what you're doing and they change their policy. Is it it's it's more that what, that the public then ask, oh, why is Sinead gluing herself to the door of BlackRock? And then they might look into what this company does, the companies they invest in, in turn, and that public pressure then uh, uh, amounts to change. Is that it?
2: Uh, well, what you've raised is a really interesting point there. It's um what we would refer to as the as moderate flank effect. But by drawing attention to these issues, by um, by doing something quite radical, you can therefore activate a lot more people to take action uh, in slightly less necessarily like not everyone can go and get arrested but that you can thereby motivate people to go and take some sort of action so for example and just march to to army politicians to try and have mass mobilizations that sort of thing but I think it also it also speaks to to a way of like you know physically and i think in a quite symbolic way uh Showing the disconnect between the state and what's what's necessary, and and <clears throat> I think that's 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 kind of what it's about to By uh, by showing a sort of a physical manifestation of of our disagreement with with policies, we can hopefully bring that change. And,
0: and it's interesting. So this is going to be targeted at corporates because we've seen you know uh, the targeting of public in other jurisdictions. Um, I was in London last autumn and. You know, there was people kind of walking very slowly down the streets of Whitehall, bringing traffic almost to a stop. People glued themselves to the M25 and other motorways as well. That there are no plans for that level of public disruption here, no? Um,
2: well, to the best of my knowledge, and maybe I can speak better to this than I can, but to the best of my knowledge, our focus on the you know, leaders themselves okay. and bringing their or stuff.
0: I'm going to go back to Sinead while we get you in a better line uh, there, Nathan. So did there are no plans to, to upscale the level of disruption, in other words.
1: Um, well, for that level of disruption, we would um, need a much bigger force behind us, which is what we're trying to get at the moment. And I think starting out with um, disrupting people's, uh, disrupting traffic and all that was something that we uh, as a group agreed that was not the best way to start things. But um, unfortunately, um, I mean, protests do disrupt people in some ways. That's just the nature of them. But no, we're going to be targeting the people who are culpable for the fossil fuel financing and such.
0: But it sounds like you're kind of leaving the door open for that level of protest maybe in the future, is it? Uh,
1: um, Well, we can't say anything for certain and we don't have any plans for it now, is what I can tell you.
0: And um, Nathan mentioned the fact that, you know, lots of people, uh, you know, don't uh, enjoy the the luxury of, of, of being arrested or not necessarily worrying about it. I mean, are, are you one of them? Do, do you worry about being arrested and there being legal consequences to what you're doing?
1: Um, yeah, I do, of course. I mean, and it's not something I take lightly, but like um, I think that. I mean, I I do it's like it's something that would affect my future if that were to happen, but um, I think I weighed it up and I was like, there's there's um, this, but not acting in the most I can it is not going to do any. My my future is already set in stone. Then if I do that, and I just uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to look back in thirty years and say that like I could have I didn't take enough action really.
0: Uh, Nathan is back with us. Nathan. They were talking about this on News Talk breakfast this morning, and uh, Kira Kelly was suggesting that you know maybe as a society we're not moving as quickly as some would like, but we are slowly moving in the right direction, and you need to give governments and corporations space to continue moving in that direction. What do you say to that argument? I guess it was, it was a criticism of of the tactics of extinction rebellion. so what is your response?
2: I would very heavily disagree with that particular argument. I did. I did listen to that clip this morning. Um, and realistically, if you look at Ireland's status currently, um, we are the highest level of per capita emissions in all of Europe. So if you look at that fact, and you know, for all the for all the rhetoric on it, that, that's not a lot of action. If you look at global emissions since the Rio Summit, that was ten years before I was born. That was 1992. And you look at all the different climate conferences, all the different promises, empty blah blah blah, as Greta Thunberg would call it. Since that time, our emissions have just continued to go up and up, and there's been no noticeable down downturn in the Keeling curve since that time, which is the record of CO two emissions over that point period of time. So it's clearly shows that our governments are so entrenched in the current business model, in the current economic model, in the current systems of agriculture, that they're not willing to take the steps that are actually necessary to bring about radical change. We're already possibly past the point of no return. There isn't a 100% chance that we can now avoid a 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming, which is a terrifying prospect, because then you've got feedback loops, you've got all sorts of possibilities mm. for much more damaging um futures, scenarios, you've got ecological collapse, we've got yeah. the collapse of the biosphere, which we all depend on. We aren't separate from nature, we're part of nature. And
0: Nathan, Nathan, can I sorry to cut across you, can I ask, and maybe this is kind of an unfair question, I'm, I'm asking you really about the nature of the human condition, but, you know, th- there was a time where a lot of the stuff you're talking about, most people weren't aware of it. Um, I I would suggest lots of people are now, most people are, I think, and, I, and, and I, I know you would make the argument that shows like mine, we don't talk about climate enough, but I think we talk about it often enough that people can't claim to say, "I don't know what you're talking about." What climate crisis? Let's put it that way. So, why do you think other people don't share your sense of urgency?
2: Um, I do. I think a lot of people do. Do one thing I do is is I help run these things called climate cafes where people come and I talk about their feelings about climate anxiety, and it's amazing how many people come and they actually they feel like a great burden has been lifted from them once they come in actually are able to talk about their feelings around these issues. I think a lot of people are kind of afraid because it is a very frightening topic. And I think I think the fact that the media downplays it to an extent and and I don't personally call you up, but like a lot of Irish media is not reporting on this on the like level that it should be. I think it's kind of it makes it easier to push it away. So I don't think I don't think we're seeing a response from our leaders we're seeing a response from media that would make us take it more seriously.
0: All right. Well listen
2: this, you know, Yeah, go on. I think there's been a sort of a concerted effort in a way to downplay uh, to downplay it so that we don't all panic
0: because
2: that challenges the status
0: quo as it were Well listen Nathan thank you for joining us and Sinead uh, you too Nathan and Sinead are both Extinction Rebellion activists and Sinead was uh, one of those you would have seen uh, on your screens uh, be they television screens or your mobile devices whatever it happens to be glued to the doors of uh, BlackRock uh, this morning in Dublin BlackRock Asset Management